Welcome back to the Off Duty On Duty Podcast, episode 71. I'm your host, Brian E. Welcome to the podcast, part of ConcealedCarry.com's podcast network, the Off Duty On Duty Podcast. We take topics relevant to today's gun owners and we tackle them from the perspective of everyday concealed carriers and law enforcement officers to give you both angles of discussion after a uh, hiatus. I'm going to be joined today by our, our old buddy Haney McMood, recently back from a short vacation, and we're going to talk, uh, you know, the old phrase, the mission drives the gear. Mission drives the gear. And uh, we're kind of going to expand on what that means to us. Today's episode is brought to you by XS Sites. XS Sites. XSSites.com. There we go. EDC Belt Company, the foundation belt, edcbeltco.com, CCW safe. Save 10% off your membership by using code OFFDUTY10 at checkout. Also, a reminder to sign up for the Concealed Carry Podcast giveaway. You got to sign up weekly to be eligible. And uh, last week, I think they gave away a barrel block or mag block. One of the, one of the uh, blocking products that uh, come from concealedcarry.com also uh the guardian conference guardian conference is coming up september 16th 17th 18th at the oklahoma city gun club again for the second annual guardian conference i'll be there teaching and uh we'll see how uh how that shakes out but early bird pricing still going on so sign up now don't hesitate uh, i think pricing goes up about 200 bucks here pretty shortly so let's bring in our guest. Welcome back, yeah. Hanny, to the Off Duty On Duty podcast after a uh, brief hiatus and uh, recently returning from a short vacation. Uh, yes, sir. To the great land of gunsight and uh, Langdon Tactical Technologies out there. So, <laughs> anywho, but uh, good to have you back on, and uh, you are. You are like the number one requested guest. I mean, when I get messages, it's either it's one of two things. It's like, hey, when's Hanny coming back on or uh, have Daryl talk more about revolvers? I mean, it's it's like I get those messages probably three, four times a week. It's awesome. Dude. I can do revolvers. Oh, I know. I know. That's the what which we're going to we're going to wheel into some revolvers. Did you see what I did there? Uh, we'll, we'll talk some revolver talk. I got it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, speaking of revolver, I just picked up, uh, my Christmas present from my, uh, my, my dear old dad was a, a five inch heavy duty 38 <laughs> in frame 38 Excellent. from 19, I think 52, uh, uh, a heavy duty, not an outdoorsman. No, f- not an outdoorsman. Okay. And uh, it, right. it actually originated in the collection of one Bill Lockridge. So it's got a little lineage oh. to it. Uh, there is, a, there is a, a deputy buddy of mine that I, I often work with, and occasionally we patrol together. And uh, he, he has a nickel-plated heavy duty that it's either a grandfather or a great uncle wore as, as a sheriff. Oh, nice. Uh, like... 80 years ago that's crazy 
things are heirlooms, and, and, man. And I brought him a, appropriate ammunition and a, um, I didn't have a T grip for it, but I had a Packmeyer, uh, the Packmeyer brand oh, yeah. that was like a T grip. Uh, and it, it, it gave him, it gave us the grip we needed and we shot it. It was, yeah. it was excellent. I'm on the hunt. I'm, I'm, I'm torn on this gun. If I'm going to make it like, uh, you know, if I'm going to put like a T grip or if I'm going to find some, try to find some Coke bottles for it, you know, uh, but man, grips for Smith and Wessons have gone up substantially. Lately. They really have, uh, or some elk stag with a Tyler T or something, you know, yeah, that's what I would do. I, I would, I, that that's it. So either way, uh, so the mission drives the gear and okay. I I first heard this phrase from the inimitable and departed Patrick Rogers. And it was something like the mission drives the gear train, you know, and or yep. the best Pat Rogers impersonation I can do. And I didn't hear it firsthand. I heard it like on a YouTube video or something or yeah. pa- Pantio video that he did. You know, whenever anyone, one of us says, you know, a Pantio video, it, it's almost like saying, you know, I, I had that on Betamax. It just, it dates us instantly, bro. It does, but they do have an <laughs> app for the smart TVs now. So you can subscribe and pull up the whole catalog from back like 2012, 2015, 16. So that's kind of okay. cool. But uh, it was a good permeation of knowledge there for quite a while. And I think they're still doing some production. I don't know. but They, they may be, but I'm not aware of it. So the, 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 you know, the, the, the idea of the mission there, the concept of the mission drives the gear or mission drives the gear train. Um, so um, to, to the listeners, this is obviously not something that I've come up with nor invented. Uh, the reason I've been thinking about it in the last probably five months on and off is because it's an accepted uh, phrase and, and, and it's an accepted um um, you know, thought process for, for what we do, except that I think that um, a, a lot has been lost on the way to where it is now turning into a phrase that, that uh, it's like the recipe for goulash or meatloaf. It's like, there's a hundred versions and a lot of them suck. <laughs> <laughs> no, mine's the best. There, uh, there you go. And, um, and so I got to thinking about it as a result of seeing posts um, from uh, people that I respect. And, and, and so to, I don't know whether you should call it credit, but where, where one of them started from, um, um, uh, I was watching some Paul Howe videos mm-hmm. and, um, the, another one was, um, um, uh, our, our recently retired friend that, uh, that you've trained with and I haven't, um, Spalding, Mr. Spalding. Yeah. Okay. And it was, it was like, they each had something to say and, and, you know, that, that clicked in my mind and it was about, and it was about firearms and, you know, do, do you carry a light or do you carry a, a weapon mounted light? And then, you know, I remember seeing somebody who posted something about, you know, I think I think you posted it and it was um, um, after a shooting. Do you want to be explaining yourself with this gun? Oh, yeah. And you, 
right? You had like a real good, you know, Star Wars Glock. Yeah. Big Gucci'd right? up yeah. camo painted. Right. Yeah. Uh, Magwell extended mag light um, red dot comp all the above. And I got to thinking about all the people that I, I knew um, and you know, the ones that at least that I, I, I respect and have trained with. And it, it kind of started clicking in my mind about, you know, Oh, you know, I was always taught, well, the, you know, the mission drives the gear, the mission drives the gear. Well, what, what, what does that mean? And so ultimately the, I, I started to think about it and what I ultimately concluded was it, it's not a complicated um, process, but what it is is who are you and what do you do and where do you go? And that, and for us that, that that's the mission. Right. And I want to take it. I'll take the law enforcement perspective here real quick uh, or give a, give a little bit on that. So when you're a brand new rookie, you don't know, come here from Sikkim, so to speak, uh, (laughs) from the Texas (laughs) little, what would you call that? Texas verbiage or whatever. But, um, so we call it English. Oh, all right. Well, we got, so you get your first burglary report. Now you're issued a rifle and a plate carrier and a riot helmet. And you know, all this stuff is accessible to you and a shotgun maybe, and maybe a less lethal beanbag gun. And I'll never forget. Like after I had been a a, a bit seasoned seeing officers pull up on, you know, a verbal domestic call or something like that and getting out and looking at the trunk, like, am I supposed to put the plate carrier on right now? Or you know what I mean? And I'd be like, no, no, bro. Just roll in there slick. Um, and then the flip side is, you know, there's some things that warrant that, um, you know, a high risk traffic stop or a pursuit or something where you've got time to, you know, jock up in the armor and get the, get the gauge ready and get the, or get the, the carbine ready. Okay, well, that doesn't offend anyone's conscience, right? There's flashy lights and loud sirens and noises and all that. But if you showed up to take a larceny report and you've got shooting glasses, a ballistic helmet, a plate carrier with, you know, eight magazines and a carbine slung, you know, you're going to look pretty stupid. Like, that's kind of like an example of, hey, you know, if my mission is to go in here and make contact with a store clerk, because someone ran off with, uh, you know, a, uh, a six pack of beer or something. Yeah. I'm not going to go get jocked up for that. I need a report book and a pen, right? And hopefully an erasable pen. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but either way, um, yeah. And I kind of, in the civilian context, I see people getting on the far outer reaches of, you know, like they're thinking about gear before they're thinking yeah. about why. So, and my example for that is, you know, somebody asked me, do you carry a gun with a light? I'm like, yeah, I do. Well, well do you carry that off duty? And I said, yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. Well, why do you carry that off duty? And I'm like, cause I don't like to take the light off. That's, that's actually all there is to it. I have a 
holster that's manufactured for the yeah. little TLR7, it has no bearing on my quote everyday carry gear. It's just I don't want to take a quarter out and unscrew the light every day when I get off work. I want to take it out of a duty holster, put it in a concealed carry holster, and off to the races. Um, and as an LEO, you know, you have to maintain qualification on every gun you carry. Well, I stay qualified on like two guns because <laughs> it's a lot to keep track of, you know, yeah. round counts and maintenance and all these things. So I carry the duty gun. I carry every day at work. I just throw it in an off duty holster and put it on and away we go. Right. So, and, um, my reason is is um, is is very similar to yours, but slightly different. Which is, um, you know, one of the things that uh, that I stumbled across over the years of really really shooting well wasn't was discovering that a lot of guns shoot really well, right? Mm-hmm. So when somebody shoots a a let, let's go real simple, they shoot a Glock, they pick up a Beretta, and they go, "Oh, dude, that it did." It, it's just funky, dude. It, it, it recalls it, whatever. But what it really is, is it's learning the timing of the pistol. And so it's, it's learning the timing of the pistol that the sights are there as, as your trigger fingers coming back up on the trigger and, you know, be it a high bore axis, low bore axis, whatever, uh, 49. The reality is good shooting is as a result of, the familiarity. Right. And for me, uh, like I, I didn't even like carrying a Glock 19. So my off duty gun was a 17 with the grip cut to take 19 mags because I was used to the way a 17 shot, mm-hmm. the way it recalled uh, the, 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 when it was, the sights were right back on and I could shoot it like a machine. I was like, okay, well I do want it to hide a little easier. It'll be much easier to buy a Glock 19, but me being me, I, I shortened to 17 and had the grip recontoured and, and that was my off duty one. And along with that was a light was because when in, when not in a, you know, in a duty holster, it had a light. And so I wanted the pistol to act and recoil and move and drive exactly the same all the time. Yeah. Not so much the issue that I felt that I needed a weapon mounted light. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's my, uh, that that's part of my justification. It has nothing to do with, I'm afraid I'm going to walk out of my door. I've given this example. Not one time have I ever been in danger of like, I walk out of the door of my condo and I see a team of my bros stacked up on another one and go, Hey bro, jump in the stack. Like that's not going to happen. Okay. Uh, yes. So do I need the light? No, it's just a matter of convenience. And yeah. There are places, you know, if I go, if I go walking from here to my favorite burger joint, that's like two blocks away that we got to get to pretty soon. Okay. Um, <laughs> I might throw a J frame in my pocket. Yeah. You know, I'm like, it, it's a, it's a two block walk. Yeah. It, okay. Uh, I'm not going to be around a whole bunch of people. It's just, it's just something to get me from point A to point B. And I might throw it in a Rob Leahy simply rugged Cape Buffalo holster because class. Right. But <laughs> doesn't the man make an awesome rig? He oh. made, he made me a shark belt holster and speed loader pouch for my Fred Sadowski tuned trooper. Mm. Yeah. So 
So, but, Rob, if you're listening, hey. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> thanks for, uh, you know, hitting my bank account a couple times of, you know, a year, but whatever. Uh, love the guy. Great dude. But there again, you know, I, I look at, okay, I'm making a two block walk. Do I need to get, yeah. you know, 32 rounds of ammunition or 34 rounds of ammo, a weapon light, a, a pocket handheld, a, you know, all these yeah. other things. No, I can roll with a wheel gun, whatever. Um, but there again, there have been different times in my life where that was not, not the same. So here's the thing is that what you're describing is essentially in my mind, the process you have to do to figure out, you know, without beating the phrase to death, what the, what the mission is. And so, it's 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 a military term and it, you know it's a military term that or, or concept that you know you reconfigure because you now you, you you need to accomplish something else and so you reconfigure what you what you're going to take but um without getting sidetracked um i i want to say this phrase which um um the first time i ever trained with tom Givens. Uh, I've met this grand gentleman who I, I've not seen in 22 years. And some people know who he is. His name is Jim Higginbotham. And he, he uh, used to instruct often with Tom. He's retired now. I believe he lives in Kentucky. And I, I doubt he listens to podcasts. But uh, um, I took some instruction from him with Tom when I was a rookie. And, and, and Jim had a phrase that I like try to live by now, which is, we each have to find our own salvation. <laughs> I don't think he crafted that one, but I've <laughs> but he certainly but he applied it. it to this. And and for him, and and again, I, I'm going to stop real quick here because I, I do not want to co-opt him in any way. But you know, to him, uh, you know, he, he is a blue steel and walnut 1911 kind of guy, and he often carries two. <laughs> okay, uh, you know it's it's what what do what gives me a warm fuzzy what do i know how to run uh and and what what will i run effectively and you 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 just basically have to go through that process in your head to determine what you want to what you want to and what you should care and it comes um so i, I love that we have we all have to find our own salvation because um otherwise what we get down to is a problem um, that you mentioned, but I articulate it as fantasy or um, rationalization. Yeah. It, and and that's, that's what it comes down to. It, it, is it fantasy or is it denial? <laughs> and to some people it's fantasy. Well, and, and you know, they don't roll without uh, you know, the, the Uber gun, with you know multiple spare bags, et cetera, et cetera, and to other people, it's denial. It's it's um, um, it's the five shot J frame. Now, I'm not saying the five shot J frame is not uh, totally appropriate in, in in certain realms. The question is, is it appropriate for you? Right, right. You know, you draw a five shot J frame, and you know I've seen you hit steel at like thirty yards, right? 
there are dudes who are having trouble with, with, with a silhouette at five yards. Then that's denial right. that that comfy little revolver. It, it may be appropriate for somebody else, but not for you because you, it, you cannot perform with it. Right. And so it comes down to that fantasy, like, okay, I'm going to be at the mall and you know, the Al Qaeda ninjas are going to descend from the sky or, um, Hey, look, um, I can look at FBI statistics and it's likely to be three rounds or whatever. And, and you can do denial slash rationalization and, and go, yeah, I'm good. And I'm not the one to decide that everybody's got to figure out what work, what works for them. And what, and, and uh, uh, what you said earlier about, you know, getting jocked up. I love that phrase and I don't remember who we ever heard it from. I don't either. But, but, you know, it's exactly right. So for me, my, um, so I have a convenience store. It, it's nice. It's well lit. Uh, I live in a pretty good neighborhood. And for me, it's a, it's an airweight K frame. It's a model 12 mm-hmm. and I have it in a, uh, I have a nice Kydex that uh, a cop buddy of mine made for me and it works in appendix. And when it's look, it's literally 36 seconds to drive to the convenience store. And I'm going to be in there for 90 seconds. Yeah. Grab my two items and it's 35 seconds back home. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to grab a, uh, an airway at K frame. Well, that's what works for me. I feel more comfortable with a K than a J that, as do I, there's my salvation. I just don't have a two inch K and I'm trying to oh. fix that. I'm re- I'm, I'm, that's, that's probably going to be the next, uh, you know, is uh, probably around but two inch ten at some point, but yeah, and, but, and, and a two inch twelve is is just magic. Yeah, and I, it it is where it is, and I can literally grab it, and it's not just throwing it in my pocket or whatever. It's 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 where I normally carry a pistol, and so on, and I go do what it is that I'm going to do, and I'm literally back home within four minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I, it would take me longer to gear up. I had, Otherwise, right? Yeah, I had a young man at a, a training deal one one day. He uh, he approached me and he's like, he's like, "What do you carry?" And I'm like, "Well, be be a little more specific. Well, what do you carry every day?" And I'm like, "Well, that's kind of a loaded question." It's like I was like, "Well, if I'm at work, it's a you know, it's a G45 and a retention holster with you know yeah. horizontal mag pouches, two spare mag ball." I said, if I'm off work, it's usually that G45 in a some type of appendix rig, and probably a spare mag in my pocket. And he goes, in your pocket, you don't carry that, and you know. And I'm like, yeah, I might carry it in a mag carrier if I got a short T-shirt on or something, you know, a shorter one. Or, and he's like, so so what do you carry like all the time? And I'm like, that's that's a variable, man. Like I got a pile of holsters, and that's why. Um, and. Uh, I said, or it might be a J frame in my pocket, you know, or, or if I'm sitting down somewhere, it might be a J frame on my ankle. Um, and he, he just kind of looked at me like, well, yeah, but what do you carry every, and I'm like, well, what do you carry every day? And he breaks out the rolling special with like the mod light and, you know, an SRO and a comp and all this stuff and like 20, 21 round mags. And I go, mm-hmm. where are you going, dude? Like, where are you going? Like, where physically do you go that that's like, and he goes, he goes, well, you know, 
I just like to be prepared. And I'm like, Hey, more power to you. Awesome. Yeah. Get after it. But instead of, you know, the normal question of, Oh, well, like what kind of gun do you carry and all that? You know, my immediate thought was, are you going somewhere? You need 63 rounds of ammunition and, and a, you know, a 5,000 lumen light. <laughs> like, really? I mean that, that, but that's the cop in me that comes out and goes, right. What, and the like, thing what is, are your environmentals that you need all of that to feel comfortable? But Hey, his and, salvation was rolling special. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and, and along the lines of what you were saying, um, to me that one of the easier ways, and I think people will be amazed because I'm actually a lot more rational than usual because I actually gave this a lot of thought, <laughs> <laughs> but is that it's not, it, it, it's, it's three factors. It's not just the who, like, who are you? And it's the who, the what, and the when. And so it, it you know, what, it, what, what is it that you do? And then, you know, mine also changes with the when is, is, um, uh, and you can add, and you can add where too. Um, that, that drives my, my, my choices. And so, you know, law enforcement, and unfortunately we're in a profession where, uh, you know, it, it becomes an identity and not just a job. It just, that's, that's the way it is. Right. So when we say, well, law enforcement, well, law enforcement, and they have these challenges and, you know, weapon mounted light is generally a good idea, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But when you're not doing the law enforcement, your who just changed. The where changed. Where, where where am I running around and going to eat a burger and running to the store versus where do I patrol? Right. Yeah. And and the when it's nine forty five in the morning, um, and I need to go grab something from the store versus uh, something came up. My kid is sick, and I have to go to the store at one a.m. Right. All, all of those affect. Um, it's, it's not a universal. It's like, are you an officer? Not an officer. Are you this? Not of this. Th- these are other factors that, that, that affect it. The only thing that I do to, you know, try to make things um, a little bit more redundant and, you know, gorilla proof, you know, for my brain is like carrying in the same place. Mm-hmm. So like when I grab that model 12, it goes to appendix um, so my draw, you know, is, is still the same and it's not in a weird location. That's something that, that I feel I need to do, but, uh, you know, to others, it's different. Um, so it's the, 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 the who and, and the where and the when, and, and even a what, um, so keep it reasonable, but we both know people that are on both ends of the spectrum. You have, you know, you centered on the, on the fantasy part. And I, you know, you know, I, I, you know, I spent five and a half years doing nothing morning till end of the day for five and a half years on a range, you know, training law enforcement. So I have much more of a, of a disinclination towards the denial end. Right. Yeah. Completely understandable. Um, Yeah. And, and they're both obviously, you know, an issue. Right. And, uh, it's also kind of fascinating. Like I take a look through history here and 
you know, I'll use my dad as an example. When I was a kid, this uh, model No Dash Thirty Six Chief Special that's sitting on my desk over here accompanied him everywhere. I mean, everywhere. Like, for example, one time he went to L.A. on a deal, right? And I can't remember if he got approved to fly armed or what, but it was a really big drug case, and uh, he had that gun with him. Like that was, and he actually, he actually got hemmed up by some cops when it fell out of his, uh, he never carried a holster with it. I well, mean, nobody it, did back nobody then. Nobody did. Especially it was just, you right. It was just it, uh, an appendix rig was a belt, you know, and he'd yeah. tuck it in. He'd, he'd crotch it half the time. And sometimes he'd be standing in line and you'd hear, Oh, you'd hear a little clink and he'd step <laughs> on it and then reach down and nonchalantly put it back. But, um, I think it was Huntington beach or somewhere, but anyway, uh, I'll have to get him on to tell that it was a pretty funny story, but, but I mean, this guy, you know, in that era, that was about all he carried and, uh, maybe a speed loader in the pocket and, uh, or a speed strip or something, you know, yeah, he always had ammo, but, uh, but we were talking at the, at a gun show yesterday, I went and met him at a gun show for a few minutes and, and, we were talking revolvers and this, that, and the other. And he goes, man, he goes, I got a safe full safes full of guns that I don't use or I use on occasion. He goes, but, but my business gun now, he goes, they're Tupperware and disposable. I don't have any attachment to them. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah, I'm I'm carrying a 365 right now. And he goes, if that gun disappeared tomorrow, it wouldn't hurt my feelings. He goes, if my chief special disappeared tomorrow, I'd get a little upset about that. Yeah. But, but that's just was his view on it was, it was purely a practical matter. And, uh, you know, when you talk about the denial phase of that, I've seen the dude run a wheel gun and I've seen him run a semi-auto and I'm like, okay, you're 64 and I have to be on my game and I practice. He shoots once in a while, right? Uh, he's just got that that thing. I don't know. It's yeah. just the dexterity and all that and hand-eye coordination. He's just really good at what he does. And uh so, you know, when he if I see him with a 365, it's like, oh, okay. And there's literally nothing done to that gun. It's just it's in a holster. And uh he's like, "Yeah, I got a mag in one of my pockets here, you know, whatever." Like if I, if I need to go through 15 rounds of ammunition, things have gone real sideways, but, but his outlook has always been like that, where depending on what he was doing, he would alter his setup, so to speak. Uh, you know, when he was a a narc, when he was younger, I can remember carrying a, uh, SIG two twenty six in like a, a, a nylon thigh rig because he had a, a ancient like flak jacket vet raid vest on yeah 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 and he'd have that model 36 tucked somewhere as a backup gun and he's like man i don't carry a backup gun anymore and uh you know that's like the carrying two guns thing it it, sometimes i do sometimes i don't it just depends on i hate to use the word risk assessment because that sounds so corporate that's like the corporate no, no, model. No, no. It sounds is so insurance like. Yes, and it, and it's crept into the law enforcement yeah. realm. It it was in the army when I left. I was like, oh my gosh, I got to do a risk assessment to show these kids how to run. What? 
Uh, you know what I mean? But, but looking back on it, it makes a lot of sense, but I kind of do yeah. a, a, a personal evaluation. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to be on a road trip. I don't know when I'm coming back or I know when I'm coming back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to carry, I'm going to take a couple of guns and I'm going to have quite a bit of ammo with me and a, quite a bit of mags and things like that. And holster options. Um, you know, because I might be shorts and t-shirt on the range. I might be in a sport jacket with a button up for a, for a formal semi-formal dinner mm-hmm. to, you know, I might be just be driving. So yeah, I got to have options. Right. But, but there, you know, there again, I, I, I tell you, I'm going to give the listeners a trip, uh, go walk around in Albuquerque for a little bit and then go walk around Oklahoma city downtown for a little bit. That's two mm-hmm. very different environments. It is indeed. Um, and when you have large places like Oklahoma city, like, um, um, you know, even more so the Metroplex here and that where, you know, where, where I recently was in, in, in Phoenix, uh, it, 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 it runs the gamut from like the hood in the movie colors. Yes. <laughs> And I'm becoming Robert Duvall real fast. Yeah. Oh, and to, I mean, it's like the danger is that you, you know, accidentally bump the dude's Ferrari when you go to get gelato. It, <laughs> all, you know, <laughs> um, all within, you know, a, a certain proximity. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, uh, what you were saying about like, like traveling, uh, you know, like for me, I, I, if I, if I'm getting in my vehicle and I'm driving a certain distance or I'm going to spend the night or I'm taking a little road trip, I always take a long gun. That's just me. You and me both. Okay. Um, well mine is generally, you know, mine is generally a, a short folding stock AK, but as you know, that's probably genetic. So (laughs) right. You don't necessarily have to follow that wisdom, but, um, but, but yeah, my, 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 my you know, uh, I've only gone east a few times. I'm generally going really north or west, and it's like wide open roads for a long time. And so to me, that's like, well, I take a long gun. Mm-hmm. Um, so do, do I have a long gun with me all the time? No, I don't. Yeah. I just, um, uh, I, I, I've done it just so that I can learn it. So I I've done the whole, you know, something as short and as collapsible as it can be that fits in a not odd sized backpack and so on. But that's the instructor in me testing stuff so mm-hmm. that I, I can, when somebody actually needs to do that, I can give good advice. that's not based on a magazine article, but yeah. in general, no, I don't. Yeah. Somebody, um, uh... And, you know, not to hearken the pandemic, whatever. Uh, but I, I toted a long gun around a lot more uh, that first few weeks that everything was really sketchy. Um, and, you know, I had a lot of ammo and a lot of mags and a lot of holster gear because I think, I think, it, I can't remember who said it, but they were like, you're nine meals away from total chaos. Like, <laughs> That I, I don't remember if it was Elifritz or somebody, or maybe Elifritz quoted who said it, but they're like, you know, at any given time, anywhere in the world, you're nine meals away from complete yeah. civilization collapse. And I thought, 
you know, people are going to get pretty silly. And, uh, here it was like, I went to the store, you know, I did my thing, whatever. It was like, Hey, it's, it's winter storm season. Not a big deal. And, but as things kind of leveled out, it was like, okay, yeah, I don't really need to be toting a long gun and running the risk that somebody's going to ask me about this, like large backpack or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But, but there again, it was kind of that personal risk assessment of, yeah, man. And the other thing was, uh, you know, police departments nationwide got put on like a recall status, like the military, right? Hey, yeah. we need you to be uh number one, sober. Number two, we need you to be available in case something, some, you know, some either civil unrest or, you know, there's a, there's some type of domestic emergency that we need to respond to. We need, uh, we need to be able to recall you to work at any given time. And I was like, okay, so I carried, you know, at minimum, I had my police plate carrier, my body armor and some other. Yeah. I, I I did the same thing. And I started carrying one of my spare vests behind my driver's seat. Yeah. Just so that I'd have it. Yeah. In case, Hey, if worse comes to worse, I can be in, you know, jeans and a t-shirt and throw the plate carrier on and go, go to work. If, if, if the, the red flares went up and the balloon went up, whatever, but you know, when that subsided and I've had several times in my career that that's happened that, you know, there'll be some national event that, uh, and it'll be, Hey, everybody just know that you're on a recall status. We can yeah. call you into work with like two hours notice or whatever, yeah. or an hour's notice, not a big deal, but I tailor my quote unquote everyday carry gear completely different for that than I would. Hey, let's go to, let's go to the, 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 the neighborhood burger joint around the corner. You know? Yeah. I don't need to, ha- come on, man. I can run back to my condo. I mean, it's like whatever, but. And, and, and the, you know, the thing about what you said is, is look, it, what you said is either extremely hypocritical or, you you actually did some rational thought before it mm-hmm. and 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 made a a decision that was actually um um informed supportable okay right and so i i'm i'm good with all of the above given if people actually um think about it and and no, give it uh due weight and and so on. Um, the, the number of people that I know that can run a J frame properly. Well, okay. Having taught J frame classes and been in J frame classes, uh, I know a bunch of people that do, but they're odd, right? Right. Most they're the exception. Whereas 20 years ago, maybe not. And and so now, um, you know, the best example I can give is, you know, I would see an officer come to qualify and, Dude, he, you know, he'd roll out a J frame or a PPK, especially mm-hmm. or something like that. And they'd shoot horribly and they'd just go put their duty gun on. They'd shoot their qual and they'd go, yeah, I shot, got a shot, shot a great score. And I could see them load the other gun back up and put it back on and leave. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, right. At, at that point, that, that thing's just a lucky rabbit's foot for you. You know, that thing's just a totem. <laughs> 
Right. And, <laughs> and, and to those who run it properly, then you're good. Yeah. Run it with some degree of confidence and, and yeah. consistency. Um, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, you know, when I go hunting in Western Oklahoma, and for those of you listeners that want to do a little history lesson, look up Michael Vance, look up the Michael Vance case, because that ended about five miles from uh, our hunting land in Western Oklahoma. So whereas normally I take the pet long gun of the month out there, you know, and here here's a real simple way to do it. If you're a hunter, if you're going to hunt bear, you don't take a varmint rifle, right? Sure. Any more than if you're going to do a prairie dog hunt, you show up with a 338 Lapua. It's just not, it makes no sense, right? Yeah. And that's kind of, um, for me, selecting what I'm going to carry day to day and how I'm yeah. going to carry it from that hunting background. It makes my wheels turn in a very, uh, very similar method. And, uh, but back to the Michael Vance thing, uh, you know, one of my, there's a prairie dog town out there that a rancher lets me shoot on. And I, I shoot a bolt action two twenty three right. Uh, that takes AR 15 mags. Well, the weekend before, and they're kind of target, like homing in that this dude's out there. I'm like, you know, I'm going to throw an AR in the car just in case. Because mm -hmm. I've already got the ammo and I'm shooting a kind of an equivalent gun. So I might as well have a little, uh, a little extra security blanket there. And I threw some body armor in the car, not a, you know, taking on that. Hey, this armed violent felon could be in the, could be in the area. Mm -hmm. Now, if I were going to go hunt for that individual, yeah, that's a totally different. Okay. We're going to look at what kind of vehicle we're going to drive. We're going to look at what kind of ammo we're going to carry, you know, all the latest intelligence on this and, you know, the troopers and several deputies and stuff actually went out and hunted him and yeah, absolutely. And they were, they were jocked up to the, to the gills, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, it's the same thing when you, it's the same concept and, and, uh, you know, over my shoulder is, is my, my little plaque there that has all my goodies from the army and the old ranger tab there, right? Everybody thinks it's like a shooting school. It's not, but you learn the operations order inside and out and it's situation, mission, execution, service and support, command and signal. And each one of those has sub subsets, right? As 20 years ago. I still remember that like it was yesterday, 22 now, but, uh, but it's kind of the same thing. I go, okay, well, what's the situation that I'm most likely to encounter? Um, what is my mission? If I encounter it, do I have an obligation to apprehend this individual or not? Yeah. Um, if that does happen, how do I execute the tasks? Right. Do I need handcuffs? Do I need this? Do I need that? Um, service and support would be like, well, what kind of equipment am I taking to go do that? And then command and signal is like, do I have a phone? Am I working off a radio? Do I have another group of people who's commanding the radio? You know, this is stuff you do in law enforcement. You don't even think about. It's just second nature, but, uh, the military planning process, 
it's real similar to your, just your daily life. It's just in a digestible format, I guess you could say. Wow. I just pulled out the op order. Wow. I hadn't revisited that in about 20 years. That's awesome. Dude, I, I, I'm furiously writing it down so I could, you know. It's in the Ranger Handbook or a.k.a. the Junior Woodchuck Guidebook. So, but but literally, like, there have been times, like, um, and, and the feds have a different system, the NICS, NIMS, ICS programs and yeah. all that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very similar, but it's all based around the, the military operation order. And if you apply that to like, you can apply it to like business, daily life, stuff like that. But, but I'm with you. I think you fall into two categories, denial or fantasy. Or fantasy. Yeah. And somewhere in the middle is your own personal salvation, right? <laughs> there you go. Indeed. And, and, um, and so here I'll, I'll do a shout, a shout out to, to, to a gentleman that I know listens occasionally. We'll just call him Mark H. And, uh, Mark H is, is a very cool guy, but he's a revolver guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I've heard some instructors that are making a lot of money right now in the instruction world who just in passing conversation, like at lunch, like, please hand me the pepper. They'll say something like, dude, if you're carrying a revolver, you're an idiot. Okay. And then moving right along. Right. Um, yeah because that's not their frame of reference. That's not their comfort zone. They were never trained with it. They're heavy. They only hold, let's just say six rounds. I mean, they could hold five, they could hold eight, but nine, let's just call it six. Right. Um, and so on and so on. But the fact is, uh, you know, if, if you happen, it tickles your fancy. Okay. And you actually like shooting pre 1950 revolvers. Okay. And you're going to put a sharp-shouldered hollow point, you know, weighing at least 160 grains, probably doing somewhere comfortably over 1,000 feet per second to several more hundred feet per second, or even a larger caliber. And you do it well. Um, you, um, without, you know, seeming glib, um, that's your salvation. And, and dude, these guys run it well. And, um, that if that works, the the competency is the issue. So when you say the mission drives the gear, well, the gear is, is, are you competent with it? And my concern is as an instructor, um, is that, are you turning it into a gear chase versus, Whatever the the hell the 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 platform is, um, you want to add to it to hopefully increase competency. Yeah, you know, and 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 you know, uh, Texas is full of awesome lawmen. But hey, I I got I got I gotta I gotta look at I got I gotta go with Oklahoma on this one, right? Which is Jelly Bryce, man. The, yeah. the dude carried end frame revolvers in a couple different albums. The dude carried end frame revolvers, and the guy the guy just shot like the wind, both in terms of speed and accuracy. Okay. Now, uh, who, who's, who, you know, to him, you know, I don't think he probably sat around and spent a lot of time going, damn, I wish I carried a 1911. You know, funny thing, you know, he was with the FBI when they yeah. were carrying 1911s. 
and all the pictures you see with him in that era, he's got an in-frame Smith. Yeah. And it's like, hmm. And, you know, one of my good friends, Ron Owens, who, you know, he passed away a couple years ago that wrote the book on Jelly Bryce. Um, and, I have that book, sir. Yeah, and dispensed with a lot of the folklore that was out yeah. there. Um, but he tells a story that came, like, secondhand about, the guy would practice for like two hours in front of a mirror before he went on a patrol shift, a beat shift. Like how many cops, you know, dry practice for two hours before they go. Yeah. So the competency level was extreme, but I think he's probably one of those individuals, um, that it didn't matter what the gun was. It was just kind of a tool. Um, right. But he had a preference. He had a preference, but right. But, but all in all, you know, yeah. I mean, Cirillo but shot people with all kinds of people. And he ran that well. Then, then, then that's the thing. And that, there, there's my shout out to Mark H. He'll know who he is. Nice. And and the, and, and the thing is, is that uh, um, you know sometimes my backup is is a close to a sixty year old Colt Cobra. Okay, it's alloy framed, six shot you know, Colt D frame. And I carry it fairly often. Uh, I don't, I don't know where that falls in anybody else's whatever. The question is how well do I shoot it? How comfortable am I with it? What does it do for me? And, 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 and things like that. And um, so, you know, getting back to the original topic, well, okay, we agree. The mission drives the gear. Great. Just the, what comes after that, the thought processes, and the honesty that has to come and the uh, introspection that has to come with what am I carrying and what can I do with it is really what's important. And that is really what determines the, the gear that, you know. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. And we look at uh, and you, you can learn a lot by doing a little historical research, you know. And it doesn't take much. I mean, yeah. there is a super secret search engine that I'll turn a lot of people on to that's called uh, Google. I was going to say it rhymes with Google, but it, but, but there again, um, yeah. you can look up some of Cirillo's history, Pat Rogers yeah. history, um, Jelly Bryce, you know, you, you can, you can read about what these people that were prolific gunfighters and the one commonality, the one common thread I see with all of them is a, they practiced incessantly yeah, and they were proficient with whatever you gave them. It didn't, the, the gun was almost an afterthought. It was it. Well, if you give me that, I'm going to be really, really good with it. Uh, um, yeah. you know, and even into modern times, you know, if you, and I know there's been some some folklore surrounding like uh, the American sniper stuff, but if you read some of the stuff that Chris Kyle wrote about rifle platforms, yeah, it was really kind of it, it was really kind of irrelevant. Like what it was, it was just where are we going and what am I doing? Okay, I'm going right. to take that because that fits the yeah. mission profile that I need to have. Um, and a lot of guys that write these autobiographical military tales from, you know, Afghanistan, mm -hmm. Iraq, all over, 
that's a real common thread with them too, is it's like, Hey, the equipment was what I had and I had some yeah. options and it just, I applied, tried to, you know, to a nail, everything looks like, or to a hammer, to, everything yeah, looks like yeah. a nail. Right. right. Uh, but if you apply a little judgment and a little like discretion and, and, you know, evaluate your circumstances, I'm, I'm hard pressed to find that a Glock 19 doesn't cover most bases for most people, you know, or, or a, a SIG 320 or a bread and I, whatever. It's like, and, just and, have and, something and to be honest. And to be honest, I, I, I just, for the hell of it, I have to do it. Uh, uh, um, you know, a full sized revolver or a 1911. Now mm-hmm. it's, it's, do you run it? Does the run pistol, does, does the platform run well? Do you shoot it well? Really? That's the issue. And we, we can, you know, you know, go middle ages and go, you know, how many angels can dance on the head of a pin. Right. And most situations are resolved and I'm not even going to pull a number of rounds. Most situations are resolved with cool headed, uh, application of timely skill. The rest is whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, li- I like that. How many angels can dance on the head of a pin? Man, you're breaking out some old ones tonight. Yeah, what the, can I do? Huh? The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. The, but we, we can look back through history, and that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm fascinated with, uh, like when going to Revolver Roundup and, and yeah. getting historical perspective from dudes that have been there, done that, and we're like, hey, I got to issue thir- a Model 39 Smith. Like, it, it wasn't about the gun, man. Like yeah. <laughs> it was about how we applied it. Um, or, Hey man, I had a Beretta 92 with a 14 pound trigger. It, yeah, it got the job done. Um, and, and, you know, people that I've met that, uh, come from other localities, you know, around the world mm-hmm. that for instance, like, um, uh, for instance, I'm not going to give up my, my, you know, my, my favorite stuff is usually gold dot or HST. Those are my faves. There's other good ones, but left my own devices. I'm going to go there. Uh, where that wasn't an option for them. It was all, it was all FMJ. Yeah. And you know what? They never noticed the damn difference. The idea was, um, to quote somebody that I met, you know, from another country, he was like, the trick is to see your opponent and then poke holes in them. <laughs> 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 and, and he totally caught me off guard, right? But it was like, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's pretty much it, you know. Yeah, I had, uh, I have a a friend that had, uh, he wasn't a, really a friend; he was more of an acquaintance that uh, was was in the uh, dark continent when some things went down, and uh, he was like, you know. I don't understand. He said, you know, you Americans are obsessed with bigger, better, faster. Yeah. Nobody told us nine millimeter didn't work. Nobody, yeah. nobody told us that three Oh eight ball will just poke a hole in somebody who didn't. Nobody told us that, uh, you know, <laughs> so I think it's all contextual, but, but there again, yeah. um, there, there's some thought process there that I think a lot of our industry our training industry. And I hate to say the word training industry because, you know, I look up to guys like Farnham and it implies I'm making any money at, right? Well, there's that, 
but <laughs> but guys like Farnham and Hackathorn and dudes yeah. that were on they were they were the traveling musicians of the 1970s and 80s when yeah. you know they had to like post flyers you know here's a phone number called it but uh but there again um the training industry i think we and dave spaulding summed it up really well he's like you know yeah. if you want to put on a plate carrier and cry precision pants or whatever and you want to go play gunfight fantasy camp more power to you he's like i like to yeah. shoot hoops i'm not in any danger of being recruited by the nba whatever you know it but when it comes to the practical application of, of self-defense or being combative with a handgun, well, you know, there's, there's some, uh, there's some, some application context there that gets lost in Instagram yeah. videos at how fast I can shoot a target and things like this. Um, and, and I, I'm still about five years short of uh, basically screaming that the internet is worthless because I'm going to get to it, you know, in a few more years, <laughs> but, um, you know, there's a lot of people that I know and respect and they just shake their head at the posts that they see and the things they see being bandied about and argued and, and, you know, and so on. And I understand, I understand that they, 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 they look at that stuff and they just shake their head. Like this is all meaningless drivel. And that's valid to a certain level. On the other hand, um, do I think that it's um, good to do research and to see um, who's using what, uh, what platforms are breaking down, what platforms are working well, what ammunition is like really excellent these days? All those things are all good. And I'm and I'm and and I'm a gear nut and an info nut and a data nut and I house all that stuff in my head. And the purpose of our conversation today wasn't to like go in this opposite direction and try to slay a dragon. It was just like, okay, well, here's a concept that we kind of all agree on. It's a phrase, but it's a concept. And it was the mission drives the gear. Mm -hmm. Okay. The question though is what does it mean and what processes should you think about and go through to live up to that? Yeah. And <laughs> I, uh, yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I know you have a personal checklist as do I, where am I going? What am I doing? Kind of things yeah. like that. Um, and that's what I would encourage the listener to do is, you know, take a little self-evaluation and, uh, you know, the next time you're going to shove a rolling special in your pants and, you know, with 400 rounds of ammunition strapped to your belt, you know, take a look at okay, that. Okay. That that's valid on the one side. Yeah. The other side is. The J frame. Okay. There it do, is. Do, yeah. do, um, do, uh, you know, Wayne and Daryl's, uh, you know, flap shot roundup. Do, can you, can you run that effectively? If not, maybe a Glock 43 or 48 is for you. Yeah. And, and that's the other Just, thing is, I, you know, yeah. I, I don't, I'm using the rolling special. Like I'm beating up on those guys. I'm really not. You are, you are a little bit. You, I am getting are, a little heavy handed. You're hitting it like a pinata brother. But, but there again, look at the, the overall evaluation there and go, one of the things that I've adopted, uh, is does this pl pass the, the police shift commander smell test? <laughs> okay. Which is, you know, as a 
as a patrolman for years, if I showed up to a shooting and I was like, Oh man, I don't know about this. When the shift commander got there and said, uh, that dude, we're going to hold on to this guy. And as soon as the detectives talked to him, we're going to do a blue sheet and put him in jail. And I look at that and I'd go, it, sometimes that decision was out of my wheelhouse. What, no yeah. matter what my personal feelings towards the incident were. So that's why I posted that. Uh, and I yeah. borrowed that phrase from Daryl Balky, but um, that's why that post with the, the jocked up Glock versus the just bone stock off yeah. the shelf. I went, you know, if you've got to explain something to the police, which would you rather explain? Hey, this looks just like yours, <laughs> right? Hey, uh, I'm carrying the, Hey, I'm carrying the same ammo and the same gun. You are cool, bro. As opposed to, well, you know, I've got this for that. And you know, if the nin- mall ninjas attacked and I've got, it's like, eh, pump the brakes, man, take a step back yeah. and just put a little extra thought into it. We won't jump down the legal rabbit hole, but. No, I mean, that it's a different topic for another day, but, but it, you know, it's a good point. And, and somewhere between those two extremes is, is the, um, the, the, the thought process and, and the honesty that a person has to have just for their own sake. Okay. Like I look at a weight bench and I know what I can lift and what I can't. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the fishing story, man. Like, but you know, I keep going back to like outdoors, man. If I get it, if I get in your bass boat and you have a deep sea fishing rig, it's like, are we going for gators or what are we doing? Cause I'm going to carry a gun one way or the other. But, uh, anywho, well, Hanny, what's a, what's a, a quick final thought? A uh, quick final thought is, um, uh, I think people maybe approach us a little bit backwards. So look, look at the stuff you like is look at the stuff you own, look at the stuff that you can borrow, shoot it, evaluate it and figure out what you can do with it, what you can't. And then let that dry. Then, then when you figure out your, whatever the mission is, then you know what to take appropriately and don't base it on. Um, and again, I, I, you know, I know, I know a lot of people I've trained with a lot of people and I don't want to speak for them, but you know, there are people that I know that, you know, have done some awesome things and, you know, to them, uh, you know, what they carry and what I've seen them do with it. Don't emulate them just based on that. Episode 70 in the can with Hanny (laughs) mission drives the gear. And other cliches, right? <laughs> All right. Reminder, check out today's sponsor, Excess Sites, title sponsor of the podcast, EDC Belt Company, edcbeltco.com, CCW Safe. Get 10% off your membership by entering code OFFDUTY10. Concealed Carry Podcast giveaway, links in the show notes, and the Guardian Conference is coming up, man, September Ladies and gents, early bird pricing is still going on. It'll get you like a $250 break on pricing. I'll be there teaching. I'm sure Michael will be there with me. AJ Zito, a bunch of dudes are showing up. So dudes and gals, I think. So, um, yeah, come out, have fun at the guardian conference. See, uh, we're going to start promoting that a little heavier because, conference is the best conference i've ever been to and i got the luxury of teaching plus the belt company will be set up there so come buy a belt 
The Off-Duty, On-Duty Podcast is a production of Eastridge Training and Consulting, LLC. Eastridge Training and Consulting, LLC presents the following content for educational purposes only. Always take proper precautions, follow all firearm safety rules, consult with a competent firearms instructor, and have trained medical staff on hand when operating live firearms. Legal content, commentary, or explanations do not constitute legal advice. We are not attorneys and recommend always consulting with competent legal counsel when researching or seeking to understand laws and legal application. Eastridge Training and Consulting LLC, its participants, partners, and affiliates are not liable for any action taken based on the content of this shared podcast.